What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. In today's video, we're covering the topic of what to do after you have maxed your tax-free savings account. This is one of the most commonly asked questions that I get over the years. It's something that we all kind of aspire to. One of our major goals should be to max out the TFSA. Well, then the logical question is what is next? And I have a variety of options to share with you guys. Hopefully some new ones that you possibly didn't consider. I will just say that although these are kind of rules of thumb and these are maybe the, the, the standard, if you will, everybody's situation is different and you can make that decision for yourself whether you should be kind of jiggle juggling these around and you know, slotting them in at different time frames, all based on your personal situation. But nevertheless, I'm excited to get into this. If you guys have maxed out your TFSA, I would say that is a great, great, uh, great, great thing, and you should be very proud of yourself, especially when the dollar figures are larger. And I'd love to hear down in the comment sections below what you guys do if there's something that I missed on here. But let's start things off with number one. Drop a thumbs up if you like. The first most obvious one that I would look at if this applies is looking to max out or at least contribute to your spouse's TFSA. And because TFSAs, as we should know by now, are the contributions are made with after-tax dollars, meaning it's the money that's already been taxed, it's already hit our accounts, there's no uh, finicky stuff like the RRSP, which we're gonna talk about later, you can very easily take your dollars completely legal, in fact, probably a smart move, literally give your spouse, maybe your wife or your husband, somebody to put into their TFSA. This is something that a lot of families will overlook, but it can be very valuable, especially if one spouse, like with the, let's say the husband, for example, works, the, the wife or mom stays at home or vice versa. Even if they're not working, as long as they're old enough, they're accruing space, that space should be used. So simply giving the money to invest in their TFSA is a very, very logical choice. Of course, that's all tax-free. And if you looked at the net worth of your family, probably a very wise thing to do. Number two, here is a fun one for you guys. Tax-free first home savers account. Whoa, whoa, we have not heard that thrown around all too much the first home savings account. I actually did a video on this a little while back. For those that have no clue what I'm talking about, I will include some links down below to the actual Government of Canada website, but last I heard, this is coming in 2023, I've heard even possibly as early as January 1st. This is a new tax-free account being implemented in Canada, where in the first year, I believe you can contribute, uh, the annual limit I believe is $8,000, but it is essentially a tax-free vehicle that is new to us here. It's something that I think is very timely with this video because it could be as early as a few weeks from watching this. I will have to double check on that for you guys, but nevertheless, if you have a little bit of extra cash, you can kind of park that away, understanding that this may be an option and a very, very viable vehicle for you guys to use, very similar to the TFSA. It's almost like a TFSA and an RSP combined, if you ask me from what I understand with this new account. But like I said, I have done a video on that prior to now, and I will link that for you guys because this is one that a lot of people wouldn't consider, but it is going to be one going forward that I think is uh, well well worth a consideration. And as Canadians, we love our tax-free space. We love our registered accounts. We wanna do whatever we can to maximize those. And uh, the tax-free first home savers account would be a very, very logical second option in my opinion from this point, well, from 2023, going forward. Number three next up would be looking to the RRSP, the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. I know when I write that down, some of you guys out there are gonna have a little mini panic attack. And in the comments, you're gonna say, no, 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 no. RSP's bad. RSP's not good. My money's locked in, I don't do RSP's. There are so many misconceptions on the internet. 
about registered retirement savings plan. And I think it's actually a shame that a lot of people would overlook this option when in my opinion is the next logical option. There are possibly, not possibly, there are a handful of people out there where the RRSP may not make the most sense, but I would say that is the minority when you look at the masses out there of the Canadian population. You know, just to be clear, by the way, I've done a video on RSPs. If you have not, uh, if you're one of those people that is not for RSPs or you're not entirely um, convinced that this is a stellar vehicle for your future and for building your wealth, I would encourage you to watch my video where I go through the whole ins and outs from top to bottom of the RSP, understanding everything from the tax deductions to the income, uh, you know, taking an income when you withdraw, everything. You can go watch that video or just look up, uh, you know, do your research on other sources to really understand this. Because like I said, this is a product that we all should have a good understanding of. With the RSP, you are never, ever, ever locked in, just so you know. Like when people say, oh, I can't touch this money to retirement, there's nothing like tying you to, this money is not locked in. You know, unless you're going out and buying a, a product, like let's assume you go to the bank and they're like, hey, you're gonna buy this locked in product for X number of years, which you probably shouldn't be doing anyways, where the product in and of itself has maybe redemption penalties or, or something of that sorts. The RRSP is just an account. You can take your money in and out really whenever you want. There is some tax complications, but conceptually we can put our money into our RRSP. We can get a tax break today, like, we can save money on taxes today, more money in our pockets to invest. We can grow it in a tax sheltered account. Everything within this account grows tax free, uh, whether that be gains, capital gains, dividends, interest, whatever we grow, we can just compound and grow and grow and grow. And when we take this money out, again, the idea being in retirement, well, then we do have to take that into income. Now, like I said, there, there can be cases for certain people where if your income is very, very volatile, like let's assume you have some years where it, you know, you're expected to possibly be earning significantly higher or lower uh, incomes that can come into play, like just based on your, your salary, like how your pay schedule works or, you know, what's happening in your life that that can come into play. But one thing I would say to keep in mind that a lot of people overlook is with the RSP, you know, when you put money in, you don't have to use that deduction in the year that you put the money in, right? So if I contribute to my RSP today, I can take a tax break if it makes sense with my income situation, but I don't have to. I can grow my money, I can grow it in this tax sheltered account, and I can use those deductions towards a future year where, where for example, maybe a couple years down the road, I am going to be in a higher tax bracket and it would be very favorable. It's just, people need to have an understanding of the RSP is what I'm trying to get at because it's really sad when people think this is a bad account. Um, it, it really is not. It is in fact a very, very powerful account. It definitely does favor those that are making more money in a higher income because of those tax break. But like I said, there's many, many ways to utilize this properly when you understand the ins and outs of it. Nevertheless, once you've maxed out these two ones prior, um, again, very likely this would come into play. Again, there are some cases, like if for example, you have a pension that, uh, you know, you can do your own research and see whether it makes sense for you. But in general, for the vast majority of people, drop that connotation that RSPs are bad. Go do your own research, because in my opinion, this is by far the next logical step, a tax sheltered account where you can grow and compound your money. Uh, we don't get too many of those here in Canada, like these, these accounts where you can compound your growth with no uh, taxes 
at play for now. Like again, just down the road, when you take money out, you will pay taxes, but you've had years and decades and decades to grow that wealth in the meantime. No brainer for me, it would be the RSP coming in at the next step. Number four, this would apply probably to maybe some of you guys, maybe fewer of you guys, uh, but we'll just leave it at that. If you have kids, look to talk, look to possibly uh, build out an RESP, Registered Education Savings Plan. Number five is actually what I'm actually more excited about right now, which I think is a very, very valuable one to consider. I'm gonna put here mortgage or for example, real estate. So getting away from the stock market for a second, like, you know, everything we've talked about to this point is these investment accounts, right? Well, what's the next account do I look for, right? TFSA, I've spelled it TFSA, FHSA, RSP, RESP. Those are all stocks. This one I, I would actually say could possibly even wiggle its way up this scale, again, depending on your particular situation, but a very, very good consideration, especially in the modern day where interest rates have gone up, especially if possibly you're on a variable rate mortgage, is consider paying down your mortgage reducing the amount of debt that you have, again, all dependent on what type of interest rates you're paying, but this can provide you and your net worth a return, possibly in excess of what the stock market could do for you. And it's a different story when, you know, we backtrack a couple years where maybe, you know, you were paying like 2% on your mortgage. Well, in that case, Again, I would probably prioritize investing. If you just crunch the math, you just do the numbers, you could very likely you know, outpace that return by investing in one of these products. And when you look at the top down level, that might make the most sense. Well, fast forward to today, the mortgage rates, as we all know, have been climbing. And if you have a mortgage outstanding and you are paying something in the range of four, five, you know, 6%, I don't know what the exact going mortgage rates are these days, by funneling your money into that mortgage and reducing that debt, in a sense, it is almost like a guaranteed return. It kind of is a guaranteed return. It is a guaranteed return because you are essentially paying that down. You're gonna give less money to the bank overall and you could prioritize that especially considering the fact that your house is an asset in and of itself. And that very likely will go up in value with, with time very much like the stock market. This is one that you're not going to hear about all too much on the stock market channels, but I do believe it, it does really deserve a spot on this. It's a very legitimate thing to consider, you know, beyond just the math and saying like, Hey, what, what will give me the best return? There is of course the, um, you know, psychological benefit to paying down your mortgage. A lot of people just really want to be debt free. They really want to be mortgage free. And especially with interest rates higher guys, uh, the math is less and less favorable that we will outperform that in the stock market. So like I put this little arrow here because it does come in in our list at number five, but again, for you, it could be something even to prioritize further. And Again, you can make those own decisions for yourself, but paying down the mortgage is a very legit one that I would love to include on this uh, list today. Number six, I'm going to throw this one on here. Not a huge fan, but I feel like it is worth at least, you know, putting on the list. But um, I'm gonna put here, you know, diversify into other asset classes. There are other asset classes beyond real estate and stocks that people may consider. For me personally, not really of interest to me, but it is something to consider. Like literally once you max out these account, there are a bunch of people out there that really want to own, you know, physical gold or physical silver, like literally go buy bullion or, or, or bars of, of gold. Uh, you could consider, you know, dare I say a crypto, right? If you are a believer in crypto, that is, in my opinion, separate. You wouldn't hold crypto in your TFSA to begin with, but you could look, you know, if I've got my stock equity exposure kind of maxed out, at least in these this account, what's next? You could look to diversify in other asset classes. In my case, actually, I did a, you know, 
something very new to me, but I actually went into kind of the venture capital space and actually somewhat of an angel investor and invested, as you guys know, into Blossom, like something that I'm backing. That is an investment. It is taking my dollars and putting it in an investment that may or may not pan out, but um, it is it is a different type of asset class. It's diversification and you can diversify beyond stocks and uh, real estate. I would include real estate on here too, by the way. So maybe for example, if you know you haven't purchased a home, so if you are renting and one of your goals is to be a homeowner, depending on maybe your age and where you live in Canada, it may make more sense. Uh, it might make less sense or more sense just given the, the price of homes. But once you've maxed that out, if that is a goal or objective for you, you could look to maybe you know save up that down payment or look to, to diversify into another asset class. Again, when you look at your kind of financial situation from the top down, I think it is a very, very logical thing to do. It's actually crazy for me. I actually have more money in real estate than I do in the stock market. And that's just the nature of like living where I live and the price is just being so so darn expensive. I've talked about that in other videos. I, I wish stocks were my kind of go-to because I love stocks, but just based on situation, I am diversified quite a bit into real estate uh, because I need a place to live, right? And, and you can make that decision for yourself. So. I will put here too, one little bonus. Whether it's worth even including on this, you could consider a high interest savings account. Like in the meantime, if for example, you are saving for that down payment, you can put your money into an EQ bank or maybe your bank offers a high interest savings account. That is technically an option uh, and, a, and a valid option, like a very valid option. If you wanna go out and kind of park cash over a maybe one, two or three, three year period and you don't feel comfortable investing in the stock market, high interest savings account, GICs, that is obviously a, another option. But I'm gonna finish off here with number seven, I believe it is on this list. And not to say this is like the, the worst of the list, like it, it comes here because I'm trying to give you guys other options and ideas to kind of spur some ideas that may work for you. But coming in at number seven is looking to open up a non-registered account. And by non-registered account, I'm talking here about a cash account, a margin account, a personal account. Essentially, we could call this a taxable investing account. And a lot of people, again, very big misconception out there, they think that a taxable investment account is a bad thing. Like, oh, rats, I don't wanna pay taxes on my, my investments, that's still, I don't wanna do that, I'm not gonna do that. Well, that's normal, that's life. And that's where people have it backwards. People are so privileged with the TFSA that they think investing should be you know, all tax-free and like anytime you have to pay tax on investments, that's a bad thing, flip, flip that around. In my opinion, the way that I look at it is that a non-registered or a taxable account is a normal investment investment account. Like people, when you go out and, and make money, you pay taxes, whether that's your income, whether that's your stocks, whether that's um, real estate, for the most part, when you make money, you pay taxes. And in your investment account, in your taxable investment account, this is like your normal account. We have these awesome bonus accounts like the TFSA. Like I treat, I treat this as like a, a bonus, like a privilege, which is why it's so important to, to prioritize and maximize these but we also have such limited space, like not such limited space. For a lot of people, we get a, a good decent chunk of space between the TFSA, RSP, RESP, and now this one. But once those are maxed out, you do flow over and you do carry over into a non-registered account. And you know, depending on where you are in your, your life cycle as an investor, that may sound like you know, you're not gonna get to these numbers, but when, like, when you start earning more and when life goes on, and when you start having bigger dollar figures, like the portfolios in the few hundred thousands of dollars, hopefully we all do really well with our investments and we're, we're really good at saving, maybe they get to a million dollars. When you are dealing with bigger dollar figures, it is inevitable that we are going to be dealing with these uh, taxable accounts, uh, cash accounts, margin accounts. It is not 
a bad thing. Taxes means we are making money, but I would say like in general, we want to try and, and like, for example, like even putting this up, this, this could squeeze up to here. Just looking at this now, you make that decision for yourself. It's not a bad thing to be investing in a taxable uh, cash or margin account. It's just the way that it is. And um, yeah, it really is. I think I've done some videos on the channel on, uh, you know, the types of, I don't know if I've done on the channel or the academy, but I can plan to do some videos too for you guys if you'd like, you know, more strategies for non-registered accounts, what types of assets are best, the, the types of, uh, you know, stocks we should be holding in here, the types of strategies we could be prioritizing in these accounts to help us be more tax favorable. If you guys would like to see that, you can let me know down below or give a thumbs up. But like I said, this would come in. I don't mean to put this last, like it's a bad thing. It's just that, <clears throat> you know, there's, yeah, you, you guys get what I'm trying to say. Taxable accounts are normal. You're going to have a taxable account at some point, very likely as your dollar figures rise. So nevertheless, that's what you do once you kind of max out your accounts. It's a good thing if you've made it to taxable money. That means you've been really saving well and you've been very diligent. You've been knocking off all of your other objectives. Then you go to the taxable account and you're like, heck yeah. It's like an honor to pay tax on my money because I've done such a good job of maxing out my registered accounts. Nevertheless, there guys, I am gonna wrap it up. I hope this gave you some good uh, suggestions, things to consider. I'd love to hear down in the comment section below. What are, what are some things that I'm missing? I'm, there's probably some things that I'm missing. This is just the list that I put together, things that I would consider, but uh, maybe you and your family do something slightly different. And if so, I would love to hear about that down in the comment section below. But if you did enjoy guys, give this video, video a big thumbs up. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Of course, as always, we do have our investing academy down below. If you are in the market for courses and training, you want to learn the ins and outs of this and how to build a portfolio properly in these various accounts. You want to get your finance game in check. Hey, that is our first link down below. I would love for you guys to check that out. But as always, I thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.